This is an OSV Podcast Network production. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. This is Like a Mother with Katie McGrady, the podcast that brings you honest conversations about motherhood. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the realities, the joys, the struggles, the pains, the moments where we think I can't do this, and the moments where we rejoice that we are doing it, and everything in between. I'm your host, Katie McGrady. We are so happy you're here. My husband and I got married in June of 2016. And of course, good Catholics, open to life from the beginning, happy to welcome babies when God saw fit to send them, even though I really kind of hate saying it that way, but didn't necessarily actively want to have a child right away. You know, wanted to enjoy being married for a little while. And I realized that that's a very uh, heavy way to begin a podcast telling you that, oh, my gosh, did we get married not wanting kids? Maybe we should have never gotten married at all. Welcome to the Internet, where that's exactly what somebody would have said on an Instagram post. I digress. Rose, our first, came along in December of 2016. I'll never forget. I woke up at five in the morning with heartburn in early December. Had no reason to have heartburn necessarily walked into the bathroom thought to myself "Mm, i don't know opened up the cabinet had a couple of pregnancy tests sitting there took one five minutes later hello there's a baby and for a brief moment as i'm standing there in the bathroom i I thought to myself you know i i could christmas is just like a week away or so i guess i could just like wrap this up and and give it to him on christmas morning but then remembered that we were flying to pennsylvania for christmas that year and i didn't want to travel without having told my mom, and so realized I can't really wrap this up and give this to Tommy as a present. He'll know immediately what it is, but we could maybe do something cute for our families. And so I walked out of the bathroom. He was ironing his shirt, and I held up the pregnancy test, and I said, I think I'm pregnant. He laughed, was extremely excited. We scheduled the blood test that afternoon, went to the path lab, And in about 24 hours, it was officially confirmed. Yep, we were pregnant. I remember thinking to myself, oh boy, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You know, of course, we'd gotten married, open to life, and wanted to be parents. But I, I still don't know that you're ever actually ready. And in a very distinct way, now six years into motherhood, I still wake up sometimes thinking, there's no way I'm actually doing this. There's no way I'm actually pulling this off. I sometimes kind of feel like the posture of every mother is, I'm faking it till I make it, and some days better than others. And I I don't mean that in a condescending way, and I I certainly don't mean that in a, and this is going to be a podcast that tells you how not to fake it until you do really make it, because I hate those kinds of podcasts. No, see, I I remember when I got the phone call confirming that we were in fact pregnant, then went in for our first appointment six or seven weeks later, having the first ultrasound a couple of weeks after that, learning more and more about this little tiny human that was inside my body, making me incredibly sick, might I add, who came into the world guns blazing, fourth degree episiotomy. And for those of you who don't know what that is, let's just say it hurt. And then they hand me this little tiny alien baby covered in gunk. They never tell you how much gunk is on the child. And everything changed. 
Everything shifted in that moment. Everything that I'd ever done in my life, every decision I'd ever made, every plan I'd ever set in motion, every desire of my heart, everything was reoriented to this little tiny human that we had made and that we were responsible for. Rose came into the world at about 4.34 in the afternoon on August the 24th. And by 8 p.m. that evening, everybody had left. Our moms and dads had gone back to their homes and hotels. The nurses had quickly made themselves scarce. Our OB had popped in just to double check that we were good to go. And there we sat with this little tiny human that was ours. And we had to figure it all out. We had to change her diaper, make sure she was eating, stop her from crying, attempt to sleep. That didn't happen for quite some time. At about midnight that night, you know, the nurses come in and out pretty frequently, but they'd left us alone for quite some time. But I guess it was about 1130 midnight-ish. This nurse popped her head into the room and asked us if we needed anything. And I'd had a, a pretty strong epidural I didn't expect this to turn into a birth podcast by any means. This is probably going to be the only time I talk about the birth story. Let's be real. But the epidural had been quite strong. And so it had finally worn off all the way. And, you know, I I, I could regained all the feeling that I needed in my legs and, and really needed to go to the bathroom and desperately wanted to take a shower. And the nurse could just kind of tell. And so she she comes further into the room and she asked if we needed anything. And I said, I could really use a shower. And she said, yeah, go ahead. Rose was in the little baby basket that they give you, that that clear little box that is the least comfortable surface in the world. And she was happily sound asleep. Tommy was sitting on that chair that they pass off as a bed for the dads. And the nurse looked at him and said, you, you can go help her if you'd like. I'll keep an eye on the baby. Don't worry. And so went into the bathroom. He helps me shower, helps me kind of feel like a human being again. Remember, fourth degree episiotomy. So I was in quite a bit of pain. And we come out of the bathroom maybe 10 minutes later. And the nurse had softened the lighting in the room, had sprayed some spritz to make things smell nice, had changed my sheets and set up the bed with some comfy pillows, and was sitting in a rocking chair holding Rose, who had apparently started fussing a little bit. And so she was soothing her. And I walked over to Rose and the nurse handed her to me and said, Mom, would you like to try to feed her in the in the rocking chair? And, and I said, sure, maybe that'll go better than it's, it's gone in the bed. And she said, yeah, sometimes it's just an angle thing trying to figure out nursing. And so she she gets me set up in the rocking chair. And this this nurse, I couldn't tell you her name. You know, it's Lake Charles, small town. I'm sure I could find her if I really put put my head to it. But she's looking at me and she's smiling and she said, how's it feel? And I, I, I thought she meant like, how does the breastfeeding feel? Like, does it hurt? Are you at the right angle? And so I said, well, I think I've, I think I'm kind of figuring it out. And I'm like trying to get Rose to latch the right way. And she went, no, how, how does it feel? You know, you're like, you're like a mother now. How does it feel? It was the first time throughout the whole course of the day, and people had been eminently kind and helpful, of course. But it, it was the first time throughout the entire process. We'd gone in at midnight to be induced that morning and now here it was 24 hours later and I've, I've got this baby in my arms that I I kind of zoomed out and thought to myself what does it feel like I'm I'm like a mom now 
this human being depends on me. There's a lot that's going to happen, and she's going to expect me to have answers, to be able to make decisions, to, to call the shots, to be there for her. You know, when, when you get married, you say those words, uh, that those vows, right, that you're going to be with one another in good times and in bad and in sickness and in health, for richer, for poor, like you're going to be with each other forever. And you've made this commitment and then that commitment extends miraculously and beautifully to these little tiny humans that you bring into the world. And like all of a sudden that I'm going to be with you in good times and bads and sickness and health for richer, for poor now includes this child. I'm going to be with this child as a, as a mom. I'm going to endure that, that pain and that suffering. I'm going to rejoice in the moments of, of excitement and and success. I'm going to weep in the moments that are incredibly difficult and, and painful and hard. I'm going to be there in all of it. And, and I'm going to approach everything in my life now like a mother because my identity has fundamentally been transformed because this little tiny human that came into the world as a complete surprise and we found out about after I peed on a stick and who showed up at 4.34 in the afternoon on August the 24th, reoriented every aspect of my life. There are some days when I think about that reorientation and I am so thrilled that it happened. And then there are some days when I think about that reorientation and I'm exhausted and frustrated and want to get back to Katie who didn't ever have a kid or the Katie who feels like she actually has a handle on things and knows how to approach every single moment and yet doesn't know how to approach all of these moments with those little tiny humans that I'm responsible for. That there are moments where the reorientation that takes place inside the head and the heart of a mother is both welcomed but but also sometimes resented. That the reorientation that's taken place in my life as a mother, I have to I have to go back to that first moment in the rocking chair with this nurse who made my bed and let me go take a shower and rocked my baby for me so I could have five minutes of, of being human. And she asked me, how did it actually feel? Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like a mother now. See, I, I think there's a lot that we as women, and I say we as women, knowing that it might be more than just women who are listening to this show, but I, I'm specifically addressing the moms in the room right now, that we as, as moms, we as women, we sometimes we grapple with this identity of ours. And we're told, and, and we should be told, we should be reminded of this quite frequently, that our identity is rooted in Christ, that who we are is first daughter, loved by the King Most High, that we are sisters to one another, hopefully joined in some sort of community that is life-giving, and that we are, we are mothers who seek to serve, who seek to give, that our feminine posture to the world is such that I recognize I bring life, sometimes biologically, often in in much more nuanced ways than even that, sometimes completely unnoticed and yet absolutely necessary and essential. And we, we dig into these understandings of our identity. Who am I as daughter? Who am I as sister? Who am I as mother? And we run to various places to try to understand that identity. 
And in the process of running to all these different places, sometimes it's podcasts and sometimes it's books and sometimes it's life coaching and sometimes it's seminars and sometimes it's just mindless scrolling on Instagram and sometimes hopefully it's the church, right? We run to all these different places to try to discover a bit more about ourselves. And I think a lot of times it's because we want to do this whole like a mother business better. Like, I want to be a better mom, and so I need to understand who I am as God's daughter. I, I want to be a better mom, and so I, I need to recognize how I myself can be formed in community with, with other women, my sisters. I want to be a better wife. A and so I, my motherhood needs to be focused in such a way that I recognize it springs forth from this relationship with my husband. I want to understand how, as a mom, and I'm speaking in first person here, me, Katie McGrady, how do I live this whole, you know, I'm like a mother now. What do I, what do I do? What do I do? You know, I, I've had a, a crazy amount of privilege in my life to get to host conversations and, and get to think about big things with experts. I, I get to interview people. I get to talk to people. I do it for a couple of hours every day on the radio. I do it with an, a show that I'm incredibly proud of with Ave Maria Press called Ave Explores. I get to do it sometimes on stage, hosting conversations with people at various events. And I always kind of go back to this one thing that I remember learning in college. This idea that people have stories to tell. People have ideas to share. People have opinions they want to dig into. And, and what a remarkable honor it often is to get to be the person on the receiving end of those stories, to get to be the person who maybe helps facilitate some of those conversations. And in realizing this great privilege that I've had and getting to kind of facilitate some of these conversations and, and getting to dig into some of these various stories in the variety of different ways that I have in my career, you know, it kind of came to my, my mind. It, it was placed upon my heart. And I truly do think it was the Holy Spirit nudging me. I thought to myself, I, I want to I do a show. I want to create something that I get to dig into this whole motherhood thing. And I realize that's like the least nuanced way to put it. But I, I want to talk to moms. I want to talk to women about motherhood. I want to go back to that rocking chair in the hospital when I'm holding my baby and this nurse looks at me and says, she says, how, how does it feel? How does it feel? You're, you're like a mother now. I want to look at women and say, how does it feel? You're, you're a mom. How did you do this? How did you navigate that? What's going on in your head and in your heart? Let's discuss this moment of intense pain. Let's, let's rejoice together in this moment of great joy. Let's answer this million-dollar question of how do we do it? How do we keep the plates spinning? How do we juggle all the balls? How do we make sure everybody's fed? And at the end of the day, we feel fulfilled. That question, that million dollar, how do we do it? How do we be our best mom self? How do I become the person that God wants me to be? Right As we ask that question and we bring ourselves back to these kind of first moments of our, of our understanding of what it means to be a mom and all the different ways that that happens, Recognizing that motherhood is not always a biological thing. Recognizing that motherhood is not always, certainly, an easy thing. Recognizing that motherhood means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What does it mean to live life like a mother? 
What does it mean to step into the world like a mother? What does it mean to work day in and day out like a mother? And bring those conversations forth, realizing, again, the great privilege that I've been given to get to host and have and facilitate those conversations and dig into this idea. Doing so, not just selfishly, because those are the things I want to listen to, but doing so because I think we are at a very unique moment in our culture, in our society, in our church, that maybe this is the precise moment that that conversation needs to happen. Because motherhood, not just from an objective perspective of, of, say, what's happening in our country when it comes to access to abortion, that, that mothers are often accused of trying to do it all and doing none of it well, not just because uh, we find ourselves sometimes in the mommy wars across social media, especially Catholic social media places, which tell us you have to do it this way or that way, not just because of all those external reasons, but because I feel like never before have we been at, at a place in our culture and in our society with our technology and our world where we can actually dig into it with people from a variety of circumstances, from a variety of places in the world, from a variety of perspectives, and try to form some kind of a, of a synthesis. See, see I, guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at here, realizing, of course, that I'm rambling, but don't, don't all of us from time to time. This is the moment where I think we are are most ready and it is most needed to dig into, okay, what does it mean to live my life like a mother? The way that God intended, the way that I've discerned I'm called to do so, the way that my kids need, the way that my world, the world that I directly influence and the greater world need. And how do I do that? Who am I doing that with? How do, I, how do I walk through all of this, keeping some semblance of sanity, keeping my head above water, turning to Jesus at all moments, maintaining a sense of self, loving my children the best way that I possibly can, doing my job, if that's what I have, the best way I possibly can, and, and trying to find the synthesis, trying to find the integration of it all. And I've been listening to podcasts for a really long time. And I, I deeply believe that what makes a good podcast is two things. One, there's a point. This is what we're talking about, and we're going to talk about it from every angle. And two, a place and a space where information is shared by way of stories. Sure, there are great, excellent, informative like news podcasts that I listen to every single day, but the podcasts that I stick with, the shows that I really enjoy, are, are when there are stories told that then teach me something profound, both about myself, about the person that I'm listening to, about this life that we're trying to live. And so that's the show that we're giving to you. That's the show that we are endeavoring to create. A show that brings you honest conversations, a real life snapshot of the ins and the outs of motherhood, all the different iterations of it, all the different ways that that happens, to bring us all to this moment where somebody looks at us and says, what's it like? to live life like a mother. And then we hear the stories of people who tell us, this is what it's like. This is how I handled this. This is what happened when this occurred. This is what has, has gone on in my head and in my heart when that thing has happened or when this moment has crossed my path or when that decision needed to be made or when this person encountered us. These conversations are not going to be cookie cutter. 
these topics from time to time. We'll have a bit of a link to them. I'd love to do a series on, say, grief in motherhood, a series on what does it mean to be a working mom, a series on prayer in motherhood. There's going to be kind of a little mini series within our show. But at the heart of every single conversation, the goal that I am hoping to achieve with this project is to bring together honest discussion, dialogue, maybe even sometimes debate, but ultimately an honest look at how we live our lives like a mother. Now, the elephant in the room, of course, maybe too, how we live our lives like a mother by looking to the very mother of the church, the Blessed Mother. What does it look like when we had bad moms? What does it look like when we had great moms? What does it look like when our mom is no longer around? What does it look like when we feel as if our motherhood is something that's constantly under attack or being looked at under a microscope? What, what does it look like when our motherhood sometimes doesn't make sense? What does it look like when our motherhood seems to be going maybe too well and we're waiting for the other shoe to drop? What does it look like in the day-ins and day-outs of life like a mother? Now, that's a quite lofty goal, and it's one that I hope to achieve. But it's one that I'm, I'm so excited, a journey that I'm so excited to set out on. Because to be quite frank, this is the podcast I've needed since the moment that nurse asked me, so you're, you're like a mother now. What's it feel like? This is the podcast I, I've wanted to listen to while I'm folding laundry. It's always laundry. When I'm washing dishes, the mantra in my house is always dishes, never clean. Right? Always dishes, never clean. When I'm organizing a kid's closet, when I'm sitting down to answer to a gazillion emails, when I'm trying to figure out how I can volunteer best at my kid's school, when I'm discerning whether or not my kids need to be homeschooled, when I'm chatting with a friend about, yeah, I haven't taken any time for personal prayer lately, the moments when I feel like I haven't had a, a decent conversation with my husband in months, the moments when I feel like I'm completely underwater, or the moments when I feel like I'm running a race 90 to nothing and nobody can catch me. This is the Honest Conversation podcast that I think a lot of us need. A lot of us that are struggling to find community, that are struggling to find answers to practicals, that just want to feel maybe a little less alone. We often turn to our phones, we often turn to social media, hoping that maybe we can find some sort of a connection with somebody. And sure, this is a podcast that you're going to hit play on and kind of listen almost at a distance. This conversation that I get to host with these amazing women and men to talk about this whole motherhood thing. But I, I don't want it to feel like you're watching from afar or listening just through a phone, but that this brings to your heart, hopefully a stirring in your heart, a desire to maybe pick up the phone and talk to a mom friend, to pick up the phone and call your own mom, to go to the chapel and sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament and talk to Jesus about it. That it's a podcast that sparks within you a desire to dig into your own feminine heart, to dig into the motherhood that you get to live in your own unique and beautiful ways, whatever that happens to look like. Again, a lofty goal to be sure. But what's the point of doing something if we're not going to try to do it really well? What's the point of taking more time out of the already very busy life that I have to host these conversations unless it's something that I myself would want to listen to? It's a great honor to get to host a show that really digs into what I think is the question that often hits my mind and my heart the most. What's it feel like? What's it feel like 
to live this life like a mother? How can I do it well? How can I invite Jesus into that project? How do I see my kids for all that they are? How do I understand my identity as best as God wants me to? How do I live this life like a mother? How do you? I'd love it if you'd join us for this show. And we can find that out. We can dig into that. We can live life like a mother together. Over the course of the next few weeks, episodes of Like a Mother will come every other week. Conversations with people that you know and people that you've never met. Stories that you probably have heard before and stories that you never thought possible. We'll have conversations with moms, with religious sisters, with priests. We'll have conversations with people who have experienced motherhood in a variety of different ways. And ultimately, we'll have conversations, hopefully, with you. Opportunities and chances for you to share your own stories, not just together, but even across some social media platforms. Opportunities and chances to submit your stories to maybe be featured on the podcast. We'd love for this to be a project that all of us help build together. Because sure, I can go ask a bunch of people, hey, what's it like to live life like a mother? But I think a lot of us have answers to that. We're so excited to set out on this journey. You can find out more at osvpodcasts.com, as well as subscribe to Like a Mother with Katie McGrady, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love it if you join us on this journey. We'd love it if you give a rating and a review to share this show with other people. And we're so excited that you're with us on this Like a Mother journey. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.